Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for July 29th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. So last night was UFC on Fox 30 at the uh, Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary. Now there were three women's fights on the show and if you go to my blog right now I have posted the video of all three fights. Now what are these fights? All three of these fights have one thing in common. You got fighters here who may be on their way to Palookaville. What? You don't know what Palookaville is? Well you've obviously never seen the classic film On the Waterfront starring um, Marlon Brando as a um, kind of a tomato can boxer. And you know, Palookaville is a term that he uses to, um, to berate his brother, who has apparently sold him down the river. Okay? It's an involved with mobsters and stuff like that as well. So whenever a fighter, I think a fighter is on their way out, I can use, I use the term Palookaville. You know, one-way trip to Palookaville is the line that, that uh, Brando uses. So that's what these three fights have in common. None of the fights were great, in my opinion. They were okay. Uh, one of them was okay. The other two were kind of blah. But uh, let's start with the one that was on the main card, which was Joanna Hejicic versus Tisha Torres. Uh, strawweight bout, of course. And here what we're looking at here is both fighters are, are ranked fairly highly. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Tisha Torres was like ranked fifth, you know, <laughs> I would not rank her anywhere near that high. Anyways, they're both on two fight losing streaks. And of course, Joanna is a former champ of the strawweight division. Now I thought Joanna would win because I don't think Tisha's usual fighting style of darting in and out and kind of stuff that she does would work against Joanna. Joanna actually is very good at a distance and, uh, you know, she's actually a superior kickboxer. It's just that what I'd like to see her getting back to is finishing fights. She didn't do that here, but I thought she won fairly decisively. Now, Tisha obviously thought that her usual strategy wouldn't work either because what she tried to do was something different, but it didn't work. All right. She tried to run Joanna into the, fen Joanna into the fence and control her with the clinch, but she didn't do anything with it. Okay. Now, there's always this argument that comes up about cage control and, and takedowns, and it, it's the same thing. You know, it's one thing to control the cage or get a takedown. It doesn't mean anything if the fighter doesn't follow it up with effective offense. And the bottom line is that Tisha may have initiated the clinch on the fence, but Joanna was much more effective uh, with knees and that sort of thing and that sort of thing. So she, she just did a better job. And the other thing is that she's better at a distance too because uh, she uses things, she's really good with push kicks. So this is not something that, that we see from uh, Tisha. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Tisha did not think she would, things would work that well uh, at a distance. So uh, we saw Tisha try stuff that she hasn't really done before. And that's like, she's made some takedown attempts, which she's a points fighter. She doesn't do takedown attempts. You know, I, uh, Daniel Cormier uh, kind of suggested that she could do that. And, and listen, if she was any good at it, sure. But she's not. 
She's not any good at takedown. She, she's bad on the ground. It's just not her game. And not to mention that Joanna has tremendous takedown defense. So if fighters who are actually pretty good at takedowns can't take her down, why in the hell would Tisha be able to do it? Well, she couldn't, obviously. Anyways, the fight really showed how limited Tisha is. Uh, she's been overrated for a long time, but going back to her invicted days, okay? Uh, and I know that she's popular, okay? But, so it's not the issue. So I scored the fight 30-27 for Joanna, and the judges scored it the same way. Now, obviously, I would have liked to have seen Joanna finish, but after winning the first two rounds, she didn't really need to do that. And uh, she started talking about getting a title shot afterwards, but uh, I don't think she's going to get one right now. One thing that I, I uh, heard is that um, the UFC, after a fighter has lost twice, has never uh, gone for a third, uh, third um, title shot. And this is why, a couple of years ago, they did not want Misha Tate fighting Ronda Rousey. They don't like to do that. They don't like to go a third time if both uh, fights were losses. So that's an uphill battle, okay, because they don't usually do it. But there are also other fighters in the road, um, like Tatiana Suarez uh, in particular, who I think has potential to be a future champ. And also go Jessica Andraj, who I think has improved since Joanna beat her. And next week we have another potential contender, Pollyanna Viana. Uh, she's going to be on UFC 227. So we'll see what the UFC wants to do with Joanna, but I do not expect her to get a title shot. Now, as for Tisha, you know, she was really exposed in this fight as lacking. Okay, she just doesn't have the all-around skills to be an elite fighter. She's never had that, you know. And I don't know if she has the ability to reinvent herself, you know. She has a degree in criminology. Maybe that's what she should be doing, you know. But I expect her to try and continue. It's just that uh, I just think she's... I've always thought, okay, and I know she was very popular going back to her days in Victor. But I've always thought that she is very limited. She's essentially, a, you know, a, a kickboxer. Uh, she's fairly quick. But, you know, she's essentially a points fighter. And, and I just did not think that what she does really work, would work very well with Joanna. Well, you never know. She, she's fighter number one that could be headed to Palookaville. Okay? So next we get to the other two fights, which were... Nowhere near as good as that one. And that uh, was, uh, both were on the UFC Fight Pass prelims. The first one is Catlin Chukagian versus Alexis Davis. And this was at flyweight. And this was about as awful as I expected. And, and the reason I thought it would be a bad fight is that Catlin likes to use this keep away strategy, okay, that can win fights, but it's a very boring fighting style and it's not entertaining. I hate it. I'd like to see somebody stop her. Well, anyway, that could happen. I guess what I was hoping was that Alexis, who, who actually has pretty good ground skills, among other things, would foil that strategy. But one of her bad habits is she tries to adapt to her opponent's style. And as a result, Alexis didn't try for takedowns as she should have. Now, the fight was close. I, I, they split the first two rounds. So... I thought maybe Alexis would be more aggressive in round three. 
Uh, now, both uh, in the first two rounds, there were no takedowns. It was basically they were on the feet. Alexis just basically, uh, you know, Catlin outpointed Alexis in the first round, and Alexis outpointed Catlin in the second round. But she didn't come out aggressive enough in round three. I mean, really, Alexis lost the fight because she didn't do enough, okay? And that's tough to do against someone who does as little as Catlin. She's not trying to be aggressive. She's backing up, trying to nullify her opponent's offense. And if successful as she was here, she lands just enough to win the fight. So she, that's the definition of a points fighter. She's not trying to finish a fight. She is trying to, um, to um, outpoint her opponent. You know, now her background is that she's a boxer. So she really has no ground game to speak of. So what Alexis should have been trying to do was take her down and submit her. But she didn't do that. You know, she did almost at the end of the fight, but it was way too late for that kind of stuff. You know, you should have been doing it a lot earlier. I just don't understand her strategy. You know, I scored the fight 29-28 for Catlin, and the judges gave her unanimous decision. It doesn't make me think that she can beat anyone good. You know, her strategy is effective to a point. You know, it reminds me quite a bit, there's another fighter in this division, Danielle Taylor, who does exactly the same thing. And the strategy caught up to her, okay? She got beat real bad in her last fight. And the same thing will happen to Catelyn. Somebody, and it should have been Alexis, okay? It should have been Alexis, but she didn't do it. Well, so I think eventually the strategy of this keep away strategy will catch up to Catlin. But what I guess we really saw in this fight was the decline of Alexis Davis. So I don't know, maybe Palookaville is calling her as well. Okay, the other fight we had uh, Nina Ansaroff versus Randa Marcos. This was at Strawweight. Again, this was another awful fight. It was just wretched. And, um, you know, I don't expect much from Nina, okay? We all know her as, you know, Amanda Nunez's girlfriend, but Nina as a fighter is mostly a mediocre kickboxer. You know, I'm surprised she's even in the UFC, to be honest with you. She's just not a UFC caliber fighter. Now, Randa, on the other hand, is an elite wrestler who, if she goes to her strength, she should beat Nina easily. Now... She did that in round one, and though uh, Randa didn't do much on the ground, she did enough to win the round. And then in round two, Nina listened to her corner, I guess especially Amanda. She listened to her corner, and she used leg kicks to nullify Randa's offense. And, you know, uh, Randa looked like she was lost. She didn't know what to do. And that's the way, you know, if it works... I don't blame Nina for continuing to do that, all right? And, you know, so Nina won round two and three, and she got the win. Again, like the other fight, it doesn't make me think that Nina can beat anyone good. Now, it does make me think that Randa needs to get her head right, or she may be another candidate for Palookaville. She has the physical tools. We've seen this from her but she lacks consistency. And she admitted last night, she posted to Instagram 
that she lacks a winning mentality. So it's not a good combination. And, you know, she has to get her act together or she's just not going to be around much longer. Let's, this is what, why I'm talking about Palookaville. Because you've got three fighters who were uh, losing fighters last night who <laughs> they could very well be headed to Palookaville. You know, could they get released? I don't know the answer to that question, but it's possible. It's possible. I actually don't think so yet, but, you know, if you lose fights and you look that bad, it could be over. I don't know. You have to get your act together. You know, that's what I say to all three of them. Anyway, like I said, if you go to the blog now, all three of the fight videos from last night are up. And you can check them out for yourself if you didn't get a chance to see them. You know, for those who do not subscribe to uh, Fight Pass, you can watch them there. Now, I just wanted to quick, do a quick uh, look at uh, this morning's um, Ryzen 11, which was at the Satana Super Arena. And there were two women's matches on the show. Uh, just, I haven't seen the fights yet, but I have a pretty good idea what happened. And uh, uh, the, in one fight... Um, Kana Asakura beat Rina. Uh, she didn't submit her this time. She beat her by unanimous decision. And, uh, you know, I'm told it was a decent fight and everything like that. But uh, Kana is just a much better fighter than Rina. Uh, Rina really lacks on the ground. And, if she, and she just, she's just lost. Now, one of the things they were talking about after this fight is that they're probably going to do um, Ayaka Hamasaki against uh, current uh, Deke Jules uh, atomweight champ, uh, Mina Kurobe. And the winner of that match will face uh, Kana Asakura. And I would expect, if they're going to do that, Ayaka's a better fighter than Mina. It's not even close. It's not even close. The talent level in Deke Jules is so bad. It's not so much that, uh, it's not so much that Mina is a good fighter, it's that everybody else is horrible. <laughs> and in the other fight, a big upset, Miyu Yamamoto uh, won by split decision over um, uh, Sari Ishioka. Now, I haven't seen the fight as yet, uh, but uh, my guess is it probably says more about maybe Saori could be uh, a candidate for Palookaville <laughs> at this point. You know, she was never a great fighter. I think she's a better fighter than, than Miyu. Now, I don't know how it looked. It was a split decision, so who knows, maybe the judges got it wrong. But I haven't seen the fights yet. I'm not going to worry about it too much. I don't really care, because it's not an important fight. So that's it. Like I said, the uh, UFC fights from last night are up on my blog, so be sure to check them out at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, you can leave a voice message on the podcast, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have. And you can subscribe to my podcast at um, Google Play Music, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, or iTunes, I guess as they call it, and also um, uh, Google Podcast. Uh, not sure exactly when I'll be back with the next podcast, probably in a couple of days. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you later.